Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Hearts Sports Podcast. Um, we don't really have much to talk about today, but it'll probably be more in-depth content with the topics that we have to cover. So we want so we're gonna to touch base on football briefly. We're gonna to touch base on the other football, the actual football as well. Um, we'll talk some hockey, um, we'll talk some golf, and I think and maybe whatever else comes to our mind. We'll get right into the golf about how Roy McIlroy got his 20th career win over this past weekend. And I'll have you start us off with that, sir. Yeah, so, I mean, good for Roy getting his 20th win after several years now of not winning anything. Uh, Roy came, when Roy came into golf, I mean, he everyone thought he was going to be the next Tiger Woods with how dominant he was when he first came in. And he's been on a real slump for the past couple of years without getting any wins. Um age 32 now finally got his 20th win on tour um at this i believe it was called the cj cup this past weekend it's kind of, i don't I, you can give or take what you want with it because i mean it, this really is like golf's off season and it it's tough i mean like he, he's not going up against the best in the world but i mean he was coming in on sunday with morikawa and ricky fowler was also in the hunt as well who finished tied for third so good for Ricky there because he's been struggling as well recently too. But um, no, since he got his 20th win, now he uh, is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and he'll have his uh, he'll have his tour pass for the rest of his life now. So he never has to worry about uh, trying to keep his card, which really wasn't an issue for him with all the wins that he's had. Um, but he gets to keep his card for life now. So good for him. Uh, that's with that's 20 wins now and with three majors in there. Um, Crazy little stat, though. Um, so 20 wins clearly is great for any golfer. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he joined the likes of Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, uh, Jack Nicholas. Um, in the Sam race. Sneed. Yep, Sam Sneed to get their 20th win. Um, he was the sixth person or sixth youngest person hit 20 wins on the tour. Um, but uh, so crazy stat here uh, because I love Tiger Woods so much. Um, so Tiger Woods at the age of 30, how many wins and majors would you say Tiger Woods would have had? I'd say he'd have 10, 10 majors at thir- ten majors at thirty. Um, actually, how many? How many just PGA Tour victories? I'd say about I'd say about sixty PGA Tour victories. I'm also gonna take that back about majors um, at thirty because he won his first one in ninety seven and he was only twenty one. So I'm gonna say he had thirteen of his fourteen majors at the time. Um, before obviously he got the 15th in 2019. So he had 13 of his 14 majors, uh, of his 15 current majors, and he had about 60 PGA Tour wins. Um, so you are close with the majors. Um, so before, right before Tiger Woods at the age of 30, he had 46 PGA Tour victories and 10 major championships. So I was right the first time. Fuck. And if you take him to the age Rory is at now, um, Tiger Woods at 32. He was sitting at 61 PGA Tour victories with 14 of his 15 majors. So you would have been right there if you would have had another two years. Um, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, like I said, 20 wins and three majors. Anyone would take that in their golf career. But it just goes to show how dominant Tiger Woods was. 
Um, but no, just going back to the weekend, like you can kind of, you can take, I, I wouldn't say you can take these victories with a grain of salt because you are still competing against great golfers. And there is good money to be won during these like pre, I guess you can call it preseason tournaments um, is what it really is. Because I mean, you see Bryson DeChambeau is down on a beach somewhere hitting golf balls into the ocean. Um, if this was during like the regular season, I guess you could call it. Clearly Bryson would be in the hunt there. Um, but I know a win's a win. Good over a million dollar purse there for him. Um, but hopefully he can take this win and kind of just carry it over starting into next year. And maybe we can see Rory get a couple wins next year, maybe a major, uh, which yeah. would be nice for Rory uh, for sure. Cause I mean, Rory's just a golfer that you can't hate. Everyone loves Rory McIlroy. Oh yeah. No, without a doubt there. I agree with you there. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take, take what you want with this win here. I mean, yeah, the CJ cup, like who the fuck thinks about the CJ cup? Like, Oh, look at the high and my, it, 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 it's like a European soccer team. Like, Oh, it's like, Oh, we won the, uh, we won the uh, pre Emirates cup. Oh, let's go. It's only a pre, like it, that's a preseason thing, but like the CJ cup is like a tournament, you know, it's yeah. Golf season. Like we have mentioned on the podcast, never really ends it's all year round so it's still a right it's still a tour event um and rory obviously was the winner getting his 20th win so that's good there good for him you know and like you said take the win go into can just continue on for 2021 take it into 2022 and see like where he can go maybe he can get a couple wins at some, at uh, at a couple of the tournaments and maybe he can you know take that confidence and contend for another major potentially um, you know, we'll just have to see like where, you know, momentum takes them because golf is a funny game. It's a cruel game sometimes. And the thing <clears> is, though, <throat> is like, you know, no, you don't really know like where it will take you, honestly. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, if you heard, sorry, continue. No, no, go ahead. I'm finished my thoughts there. So, okay. Um, yeah. So if you listen actually to it, it kind of touched on what you kind of just had on golf, like a tough game and it's never really. Golf's never really good to anyone, but Rory McIlroy during his uh, post-round interview was talking about how he needs to, like, he's Rory McIlroy and just needs to get back to doing what he's doing instead of chasing people. Because I know you clearly just started golfing this year. Um, me being a golfer as well, like he's was trying to chase people and like do what other people are doing and trying to fix his game. And the more you do that, I feel like clearly like me and you can tell just because we're average golfers. Um, the worse you get, the harder you try to do different things that aren't in your realm. Um, so I just found it interesting saying he just needs to get get back to being Rory McIlroy. And when he did that, because he said he did that this week, and he ended up winning. So, I mean, maybe if he just gets back to doing what he was doing when he was so dominant, um, he'll be able to just sort of keep putting out wins. Because, I mean, you you threw that, like, it was like, what, 2012 to, like, 2015 stage. Like, Rory McIlroy was just a dominant golfer, and it almost seemed like he won almost every week. Yeah, and if that if not winning every week, being in contention every week, I mean the thing is there is like, you know, who, like I said, golf is a funny game. I mean, like we saw Roy McIlroy be dominant from 2015, 2012 to twenty fifteen. Then we saw Jordan Spieth's dominance in twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen. And like, and I guess the comparison can be made about how they both kind of not say not say fall off the face of the earth, but the thing is though is like their golf game, like you know compared to other golfers as you know the as the weeks became months months become years like the two the two of them like you know have had to work their way back up 
to um, uh, an era where there's no true dominance. Like you've got John Rahm, Colin, Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson still, you know, a, a lot of golfers that, you know, are there comp- competing on a week to week basis. And, and those two golfers, like, you know, of, I don't want to say a different generation, but like, I guess maybe a, a decade ago almost now, a decade or so most now. Like they, those two, the, Rory especially has been in the game a long time uh, compared to most most of the younger golfers, obviously. So for him to take like this win and like you said, just be Rory McIlroy, build up his confidence, get back to how he was golfing anywhere from seven to ten years ago, and you know maybe like a maybe like a, a Rory McIlroy will awaken again and you know, be the Rory from seven to 10 years ago and get back at the pinnacle of the golf world. Yeah. Golf is funny though, because like when we see a guy like Rory, when clearly me and you are happy, but it's like any week, like there's a lot of golfers, me and you both like, and like me and you will talk about. And it's like, it's just weird. Like cheering for different guys, like every week, like clearly you have your like main horses who like always root for, but they're coming down like on the Sunday say like it's a guy you don't normally like root for but you he's in like contention like you start you find yourself cheering for him and i just think it's funny how like golf works compared to other sports where like we really only cheer for like realistically one hockey team like we actually care about and one football team a piece we genuinely just care about whereas like in golf is like we have like probably a solid 10 to maybe even 20 golfers where like if they're in contention you're like okay i would like if this guy won and it's just funny how that works Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, exactly. Compared to other sports, like, you know, like you said, you know, um, a golfer we want to win initially in a tournament may not make the cut. So and when the weekend comes, it's like, all right, who do I root for now? Saturday, you could root for somebody, but then maybe you realize you don't like that guy on Saturday. So you root for somebody else on Sunday. Whereas in hockey, football, baseball, uh, team sports, sort of say, you are rooting for one specific team over the rest. And then you're also rooting for rooting against a number of teams because either you just don't like them or you just want to be a complete shithouse to the people that support those teams. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, like I said, we'll see. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Rory McIlroy, you know, takes advantage of this win going as we get close 2021 because practically two months away now is the end of the year going into it is crazy to say the year has gone by pretty fast but um uh yeah going into 2022 obviously you know we've talked about in the past march will march will be here soon uh arnold paul the arnold palmer invitational you know the players champ uh, the players championship april will be here eventually as we know with the masters um and then even going into like next summer like you know time is just gonna fly fast so like tournaments like tournaments majors uh secondary like you know no matter what who knows where rory mcelroy will be able to take this and go from there in terms of his momentum and his confidence obviously only time will tell but like i said nonetheless you know not many golfers can say that they've won 20 wins on the pga tour i mean there are a good amount but the thing is though is a lot of them are more historical golfers that are either like not alive anymore or they're retired or for the most part or, or for the most part just old and probably golfing in the champions tour now but 
not many active not many active golfers on the PGA Tour can say that. So congratulations to Rory McIlroy there. Do you have any other thoughts before we get into our next topic, sir? Well, no, we can hop right into our next topic right now. All right. Gonna hop right into our next topic, and we're going to hop into our takes from week six of the National Football League. And I'm going to be completely honest. Week six, fuck. Uh, week six, in my opinion, like was terrible in my honest opinion. Like I honestly had very little interest in watching most of the action sun, uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday. Um, and week seven, I'm going to be honest, is going to be just as bad because of the matchups. We've officially hit like where bye weeks take effect in the season up until like week, like what, week 13, week 14 or something like that. Bye weeks will go all the way until. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to do it this year with the extra game. But yeah, so there are obviously with the bye weeks, teams are out, which means less matchups, which means um, uh, scheduling is going to be starting to be very different, obviously. Also, also a good amount of the matchups on paper just sometimes could look terrible. Um, one ma- uh, but the thing is, though, is matchups on paper that could look good could also look, could also just be terrible in real life. I do want to talk about real quick the uh, Ravens and Chargers matchup. On paper, um, on paper, like you know, last week I joke. Last week we kind of talked about how the Chargers could be a uh, contender in the AFC, and they go into Baltimore and they got their asses handed to them by the Ravens. You had two MVP content, uh, candidates in Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert going at each other, and everybody was thinking that this would be the game to be a shootout. And Baltimore just ended up having walking all over the Chargers. Justin Herbert had a bad day at the office. Lamar Jackson was able to torch the Char- uh, Chargers defense. I mean, the it was just a great day for Baltimore. Um, they moved to five and one. And as we've said previously on the podcast, not that. Well, maybe the Baltimore Ravens could potentially be in uh, the top contender in the AFC right now as it goes on a week-to-week basis. But we said before earlier in the season that even though Baltimore has had the slew of injuries, they, they're going to be fine. They are going to be fine. We're proving to be right so far. They're 5-1. and one. John Harbaugh has got his team where they need to be. He's coaching the team really well. Lamar Jackson is finding ways to win. The defense is doing what it needs to do on the defensive side of the ball, making key plays, getting key stops. And that's why they're five and one, even though they have like 14 injuries, even though they have like 14 injuries on without within their entire roster. I believe they are. I, I saw a stat the other day about this. With like two, there are two teams in the National Football League with like 10 or more injuries, maybe like 10 or more injuries or something like that. The Baltimore Ravens and the Detroit Lions, and those teams are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So that just goes to show you how well John Harbaugh is coaching that team. I mean, no disrespect to Dan Campbell, but in in that retrospect but at the same time like baltimore still has some key players that are that are available as well which are much better than most of detroit's players too but i just found that sad interesting there um i guess we can go into the game of the i guess we can go into the game of the week it was the monday night football game between the uh, buffalo bills and the tennessee titans in nashville but bills mafia ended up taking like quote-unquote, taking over Nashville and 
it kind of looked like Orchard Park for like four days. Uh, Bills Mafia took over on Friday. Like they got there like what, as early as Friday. They were there until Monday night or Tuesday, uh, potentially. Most of them are probably just getting back home now. Um, but at before the game started, this ESPN's Monday Night Countdown said that 58% of the attendance was Bills fans, which is insane. I mean, I was seeing on Twitter all these people, like, you know, in Bills gear, you know, just celebrating all the bars there. And, but going into, but like going into the game, like everybody, like, you know, based on what I saw on social media, everybody was thinking, like, hey, all right, Tennessee has no chance. Like, we took over their stadium, we took over their city. Like, that's what people were thinking. And, that turned out not to be the truth there, sir. Well, I mean, if you thought the Bills were just going to run through Tennessee, you're crazy. I mean, clearly, yes, this Tennessee, a lot of people wrote this Tennessee team up because they did end up taking a loss to the, the Jets. Including us, we will admit that. Yes, including us, just because we thought they lost to the Jets, so maybe they were phonies. Um, and they haven't really beat a good team yet this year looking at the schedule because the Cardinal, they lost to the Cardinals in the home opener, and then they kind of just had an easy schedule from there on out. They didn't really beat anyone. Then lose to the Jets. Um, they go beat Jacksonville last week. So then coming into this week against Buffalo, um, it was kind of looking like – it's kind of looking like Buffalo – I thought it was going to be a shootout, but I thought it would have went Buffalo's way. Just be – you can't write this Tennessee team off because of who they have as their running back. And Derrick Henry, who is the best running back in the league, if not one of the greatest of all times, um, he is on pace to have over a 2,000 yard, 2,100 yard season, I believe. And last night just showed his dominance once again. Um, this Bills defense—it's hard to game plan because if you watched the game last night, you saw the Bills were getting killed in the play action against his team because they were giving two—they were focusing more on Derrick Henry rather than the it looked like they didn't trust Ryan Tannehill's arm and that came back to kill us. Yes. Ryan Tannehill only threw for two sixteen, but he made the throws when he needed to. And it seemed like every time he threw the ball, everyone was just open in the, in the middle of the field because we were too reluctant uh, or we were too much focused on Derrick Henry and that play action. And then just the middle of the field open wide up. I mean, you saw the linebackers rushing at all times. You saw his two safeties coming up to take off to cut off the run as well. And when the linebackers run up, there's just a big gap between them and the safeties in the backfield. And they were just picking us apart last night. Don't get me wrong. Buffalo's offense had a great game as well. I mean, Josh Allen threw for 350 yards and had three passing touchdowns. Um, but, I mean, it, it was kind of – it was one of the games of the year, to be honest. Um, but oh, yeah, no, without it doubt. Like, like most – a lot of the a lot of the primetime games this year have come down to like a last-minute field goal or something – or going to overtime, whatever it may be, and it, it was a one possession game was, in the it, final minutes. It was almost like it was like one of those games where whoever has the ball last in their hands is going to win this game. And unfortunately, Buffalo had the ball last, not not including the kneel down, um, and it just didn't go their way. At the yeah, end of it. I mean, I our offensive line got beat and our defense got beat, and that's what it really comes down to. I mean, that's what football is, and our offensive line looked as the worst as they had all season and our defense looks like they did against Pittsburgh in week one. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to take in from this game itself. I mean, first off, you could talk about the two teams in general and where they currently stand after week six, obviously Buffalo will have some time to reevaluate themselves because they have the bye coming up. 
Uh, they have the bye in week seven. Tennessee will be going to play Kansas City, so they have another tough matchup on their hands then. But then you can just take a whole look at the picture of the entire Amer- the entire AFC on that side. Uh, on that side, like you know, just take a whole look there and see, like you know, where every team stands. But the thing is, though, is like, yeah, you know. I didn't. I I think we told. I can't remember if I was talking to you about this or somebody else. It may have been you. I I mean, like, I thought the game was going to be close, but I didn't think it would be that close. Like you know, like in going into the fourth quarter, I thought maybe it would be close for the first three quarters, and then eventually one of the teams would find a way to like you know get a good get a good lead. And by that, I mean by a good lead, I mean like seven to ten points, and they would win by seven to ten. I don't. I I thought it would be like a one to two possession game to like at the end. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting the entire sequence of the game to happen as it happened. Um, I mean, going back to how Tennessee's offense played, I mean, you're right. Buffalo was too reluctant of, you know, just trying to defend against Derrick Henry. And even then, that didn't work out. I mean, he had over 146 rushing yards, uh, 140, about 146 rushing yards, close to 150, if I'm correct. Um, 143. 143. Okay. I was, yeah. So 140, I thought it was 146 there. That's on me. So yeah, 143 rushing yards. And I had, he had three touchdowns. I understand that one of those touchdown runs was a 76 yard touchdown run that may or may not have had like three holdings against, uh, against Tennessee, but the, the, refs, the refs were bad last night, but both. I, they, I will never they were blame. bad. They were bad. Both both, yeah, they were bad both ways. I will never blame a game on refs. I mean, I played sports my whole life, and that is my pet peeve is when people will call into the radio station and blame refs or like complain after game blaming the refs. Yes, there was some bad calls. I mean, on like you said, on a seventy-six touchdown call, there was a, a clear, obvious holding call on Tredavious Poyer, or I thought it was White. No, Jordan Poyer got held like right in the middle of the field. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, I, I'm talking about I'm talking about Trey Wright being yanked back and actually pulled to the ground. Okay, so I missed that so one. Th- yeah, there was like there was so you missed the Poyer one. Yeah, I so there must have been like so three on that play. Um, that the touch the kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, at the end of the game from Emmanuel or not Emmanuel Sanders. Um, Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie. Thank you. It. It was a touchy call, but, I mean, you got to call it. I mean, it was right there in front of the ref. Yes, it didn't really affect the play, but you got to call it when you see it. Um, But, no, I mean, at the end of the day, the Bills did beat themselves, really. I mean, that if anyone wants to complain about what the Bills did on that fourth down call at the end of the game, you're stupid. You have to go for that because, I mean, if we go to overtime, Tennessee gets the ball first. I don't think Tennessee scored on every single drive they had in the second half. Yeah. And I mean, we're clearly not stopping them. So you have to go for it and go for the win. I mean, you gave Josh Allen that big contract for a reason. This was his time to do it. I'm honestly nine out of 10 times that plays working for them. You've seen it. You've seen it before from him and it just works. So there are a few things from that final drive that caught my eye there. Um, First off, if the touchdown is not called back, that moment doesn't happen because Buffalo doesn't have to drive down the field. Tennessee gets the ball back and then they have to drive down the field, which, and they, probably score, which they probably would have, but we don't know that, but we don't know what, we don't know what would have happened, but if, but that's what would have led to that. That moment would not have happened if the touchdown was not called back. Second, second, second off there. Um, I'm very surprised that they did not review Allen's the, the, Allen's third down run 
uh, when he when they were in the red zone. I thought too. I, I thought that was closer. But the thing is, though, is that looking at the replays, like it looked like that the elbow was down before the ball like crossed the marker. From, so from what angle? From from the outside angle, like if you're looking at Josh Allen's right side, um, like it was on the other side of the field. It looked like he crossed, and then the other angle looked like maybe he didn't cross, and then there was an angle where it looked like it could have went either way. So I'm just shocked they didn't take more of a look at it, and that's what Sean McDermott was talking to the rest about at the end of the game. Yeah, when you saw them panda, because that's what he was talking about. Like, why didn't you review that? Because like, it did like it, that call could have went either way. Because there was an angle, it looked like he got it. Angle looked like he didn't. An angle looked like there was a. Well, I'm not talking about the angle like where you have like the sideline cam, like where you can yeah, see yeah, like, where one, the marker that one is. That looked like he missed, but the one from the other side of the field looked like his shoulder went past where the the yardstick was. Yes, and I understand where you're going from there too. Um, and that's why I think they should have taken a look at it or at least tried, at least reviewed it. But I, I don't know why. I mean, like we said, the refs were bad on both sides. Um, obviously, a review comes from upstairs, and upstairs figured they didn't want to do it. Um, and then going into the fourth down option, um, that that decision, I, I, I yeah, you know, I'm not a Bills fan. I've said it time and time again. I support the team though, because uh, you know I'm from the area. I'll support the team. Um, but I'm not a fan like Bill's Mafia is. Um, but the thing is, though, is I agreed with the call because the thing is, though, is like, yeah, you can take the points. And because you have Tyler Bass, who is one of the better kickers in the National Football League. Yeah. But and because the thing is, though, you don't know what Tennessee is going to do. Honestly, they could they had all three of their timeouts and they would have had maybe like 15 seconds left with the ball. And based on how the offense was doing, who knows like what they could have done with their time management. Or they could have just played for overtime, gone to overtime. And if they got the ball first, then yeah, they were most likely, they probably would have ran over the Bills defense and scored a touchdown to win the game in overtime. Um, what got me about that is that, I mean, I understand the whole idea of the QB sneak and trying to get like, because it was uh, everybody like from what I from what I was seeing, hearing, reading about, everybody was like, "Oh, it's only an inch. It's only an inch." No, that was six inches in my opinion. There, that was six inches to that marker. Um, I, I think thought it was the, a foot. I think it was a foot. See, I also think that that wasn't a fair spot, honestly, for that ball. Um, because no, I thought because, was, I mean, you, I mean, we saw the angle and it looked like it was right there. I thought he looked like he was right on the line. And I didn't say this and I didn't say this to anybody like, you know, while I was watching the game or anything, I probably should have said this to you because I'm pretty sure you were thinking the same thing, but I mean, like that probably wasn't a fair spot, honestly, but I, I, the play call, like I understand it, but the thing is though, is Tennessee knew what was Tennessee knew what was coming. They knew he was going to go to the left. I, they because they try he he tried it like what in the second quarter like you know trying to score a touchdown or something yeah. like that and he got stopped. Well, the so problem was both times Dawkins got beat off the line of scrimmage. He got beat as soon as the ball was snapped. He was beat both times, and that's where the issue was. And then clearly Josh slipping doesn't help either. But like I said, our, I said this when right when I started talking about this game is the offensive line got killed this game, and that was I think the main issue. Because, like I said, I mean, if you look back at history with this play, with Josh Allen just doing that little QB sneak to get an to get a yard or whatever he needs, um, it typically works. I mean, we did it two years ago against um, Dallas in um, the Thanksgiving game, and it worked, and everyone loved the call. Um, but I mean, it, it's just a matter of the fact that we didn't win that battle up front at that line at the line. Oh yeah, no, without a doubt, there, I completely agree with you. I mean. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but like, 
before I went to bed last night, I kind of was watching like the post game, like Monday night and Ryan Clark, like, you know, good. And like, yeah, one of the better analysts for football on ESPN, in my honest opinion. But the thing is though, is he was going off, like they could have done this. They could have done that. They could have done this, uh, you know, on that fourth down instead of having the QB sneak. And it kind of had me thinking for a second, maybe like if they had like a tight end, uh, uh, if they maybe had the only thing that sucked is is that they didn't have Dawson Knox, but they still had Tommy Sweeney, who's a capable tight end. If they maybe had like a tight end fade route to the end zone, and then maybe also like had no had a wide out go like in an end yeah, route. like have Josh like fake that run, then just kind of jump over the line of scrimmage and toss it up. Yeah, and toss it up either to either to Sweeney doing a fade route in the end, or you had like either Diggs or Sanders doing end end route in the end zone too. Because the thing is, though, is like. That's probably because if, if if they got the first down there, they would have had to take a timeout and then they'd have maybe like one or two shots at the end zone there. But I get like what the play call was. Um, you know, I'm not going to I'm not saying that it was a bad idea because analytic as much as I don't like analytics, I'll mention it once here. Analytics said go for it. The coaching staff decided to go for it. You trust your players. I like it. Um, and that's how games are won or lost. And they were won. The, the game was lost in the trenches for Buffalo. Won in the trenches for Tennessee on that play, obviously. But going away from the game, um, just for going away from the game now itself. Um, because can, I, can, we, can we say one thing on the game? Can I mention one thing? Go ahead. Yes. I would just like commentators one week when we're on the national stage not to absolutely just hate Buffalo. I'm going to disagree with you there. I, I saw a lot of those. I saw a lot of posts on there and I'm watching the game and I've thought to myself, like, what are you guys talking about? Like, yeah, they're praising Derrick Henry, but the well, thing is the, the one, the one um, I forget who the guy's name is, but the one guy does love Josh Allen. Um, yeah. I, I, who are you talking about greasy or are you talking about greasy or Riddick? I think greasy. Greasy loves Josh Allen. Lewis Riddick, Lewis Riddick was saying good things about Buffalo too. The only it wasn't, thing it wasn't as bad as prior. Collinsworth. Collinsworth just absolutely d- despises the Bills. For I don't think reason. he despises the Bills. I think he just loves sucking off Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs like everybody else does. The, but everyone like, on the ESPN loves to suck off the Mahomes. Yeah, well, everybody. So we, also, uh, not not to skip ahead here, but I want to get into him a little bit as well, um, in a little bit. Yeah, in a little bit. Well, actually, that's what I was going to do, a state of the AFC here, actually, as soon as like, I finish up my point here, about uh, your point here about like the commentators. Like, I, I didn't have a problem. Like, I, I don't, like, I really didn't understand, like, what people were complaining about last night, though, like, about that. Like, I thought, see, yeah, Steve Levy had a couple mistakes. Yeah, he called Josh Allen, uh, he <laughs> called Brian Tannehill. But the thing is, though, is, like, that, ha- like, mistakes happen like that in a game. I mean, it just goes to show that people that, like, wa- like, if, P- if people actually like watch the nationally televised games more often, like Sunday night football and Monday night football, they'd realize that maybe sometimes that that does happen sometimes, not just with your team. Um, I thought Brian Greasy and Lewis Riddick were fair analysts. Yeah, there was the one graphic that was messed up as well, where uh, Levi Wallace was shown for a pass interference when it was the Tennessee cornerback. I thought that was funny in a way, but at the same time, like, yeah, you got to have your graphics up in order. So that's that there, but I didn't think they called a bad game. I mean, Levy like is a good like Levy's a good commentator, but the thing is though, he's more of a hockey guy, and I always saw and I and I really think that Monday Night Football just needs to figure out who calls the game because they have good analysts in in Lewis Riddick and Brian Greasy, and anything is better than Booger Booger McFarland and the Boogermobile. Um, I actually 
so I used to hate Booger. Um, li- I didn't... Listening to him talk more, like I've heard him on podcasts and stuff, I've come around to the guy. I actually do not hate him. I don't yes, hate him. Yes, he says some stupid stuff, um, but I don't hate him. I, I don't hate I him. Enjoy lis- I do enjoy listening to him. I now. don't hate him either. I just hated the fact that the Boogermobile was on the 50-yard line, like in, like on the sideline, and it was there for no reason whatsoever. It literally blocked like five seats in the front row, and it was pointless to have. That, that is true. But, that is true, but... But yeah, no, I mean... I it, it it just irked me. I mean, that irked me a little bit more along the lines of like, okay, you don't watch national, you don't watch these games as much as you claim to, and now you're just and like it's not the fact that like they hate Buffalo. It's more along the lines that mistakes were made, and they, and maybe you should like actually get to know who these and not like you know watch these announcers more. Um, it's like it's almost as bad. At least, at least nobody confused like Steve Levy or Lewis Riddick or Brian Greasy for anybody else. Like, so, like uh, Sunday night again, a couple Sunday nights ago against the Chiefs, when people were comparing calling Chris uh, Collinsworth Colin Cowherd. That was bad. Yeah, that is bad. That was bad. So, uh, uh, did you actually speaking of that though? Did you see the guy today? I think I sent this to you on Twitter. Chris Broussard, yes. yes. He's a basketball analyst. He's, Why uh, the fuck is he talking football? He should not. If he you he do... said the Bills lost the game because we were missing our offensive tackle, uh, Taylor Lewan, who is a Tennessee Titans offensive lineman, and he said that Deion Dawkins was our backup. Uh, yeah, I saw it. I couldn't believe that. Chris Broussard is a basketball analyst. First off, what show was that on? That was on Nick Wright's show, who everybody just seems to hate because yeah, first, first, it, first, first things first. first. That's Nick. That's Nick Wright's show on FS1. Chris Broussard and Nick Wright do that show. I mean, I don't watch it mainly because that's just clickbait media crap right there. But that Chris is, Broussard. I mean... But Chris I, Broussard is a basketball analyst. He should not be talking football when he doesn't know. And this is for everybody. Like, if you don't know what you're talking about in a specific sport, shut your fucking mouth. This goes for Stephen A. Smith. This goes for Chris, uh, for Chris Broussard. This goes for Rex Ryan. This goes for Dan Orlovsky. This goes for anybody. Like, it, it irks me, like, when I watch Monday morning, like, on ESPN before I start work. They try to talk baseball. Or something, or hockey, or something else, and they and they just like actually like butcher it. They butcher it. They butcher it, and it's not even that they try. They don't even try. They butcher it because they know it. They think it's funny, and it's just insulting. Get the actual analysts who cover the sport on your shows to talk about the action. Fox has football analysts. Get them on your shows in the morning. Okay, we don't need to see. A bat, bat, basketball analysts and reporters talking football for ESPN. You have people that are baseball analysts and hockey analysts now. Get them on your show. We don't need to hear the likes of God knows who trying to talk about Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews or Rex Ryan talking about the NLCS. I don't need to see that. It's just it, it, it can be funny at times, but at the same time, you hire legitimate people to cover these sports. And instead of using their talent, you just make a mockery of it in a way by having this bullshit happen. And that's why shows like First Things First, First Take, Get Up, they're, they're, they're not like, yeah, okay, ESPN and Fox Sports can 
give the runaround and say, hey, these shows get good ratings when in reality they're being outrated by television shows like Bubble Guppies on Nick Jr. It's a great show. Don't mock it. <laughs> Bubble Guppies is iconic. Okay? Shit. Hey, Bubble. Hey, <laughs> yeah, Bubble Bubble Guppies is a great show. Okay, I know that it has higher ratings than Undisputed. Okay, Undisputed. Well, no, yeah, getting... going with what you're saying on ESPN though, it's like they want their main guys to try to cover every sport. Just put them on the sport they know. It's so like I don't. That's why I don't watch ESPN anymore. Is because you get the same people talking about every single sport over and over and over again until we get to actual game time of say the NFL or now the NHL where we finally get the people who actually cover the sport on to talk about it. It's just, like, it's, it's almost like just hiring me and you to go talk, like go talk in the UK about cricket and rugby <laughs> all because we know you're all because we know uh, European, European soccer. soccer and oh like, my God. If I, I that and just trying to sh- like bullshit our way through it for the most I mean, part. I don't know about rugby, but I could like, I think I could bullshit rugby because I know some stuff about the six nations, but cricket. Oh, I wouldn't have a fucking clue. Oh, that guy hit that ball far. Is it fair? Is it fair? Oh, wait, there's no fair or foul balls. It's gone. Holy shit. Supposedly, oh my God. though, you're not supposed to hit the bar fall in cricket. I've learned from yeah. what I've seen online from the little bit that I know about it. You're not supposed to hit the ball far. Yeah, no, not at all. But yeah, that, that's one thing that irks me there. But about that, you're right there. Imagine us like, you know, working for Sky Sports, covering cricket, not having a fucking clue about the game. That that would be some top level shithousery there. I mean, that that would be an embarrassment. But um, I do want to move on now. You said you wanted to talk about the Chiefs. I do want to go into the AFC picture on an overall basis. Um, because the Bills lost and everybody like, you know, and the Bills are still a top team in the AFC. They're still going to be a contender. They're still going to be there. Uh, we're not I mean, writing the Bills yeah, off, I wanted, I wanted to throw this in as well. Um, the only, clearly the Bills are, I mean, knock on wood, barring anything crazy happening, considering the other three teams in the AFC all have a combined four wins while the Bills actually have four wins. We're going to win our division, but all this game meant for the Bills really is seeding at the end of the year. And now it's going to be, from the looks of it, we're going to need some help along the way to get that one seed like everyone wants. Yeah, because the thing is, though, is like Baltimore right now, five and one and my top team in the AFC right now, because they're they're the only team in the AFC that has more than four wins. But then you have like Buffalo's four and two. Tennessee's four and two. They're and Tennessee, the Tennessee has the Tennessee has the head to head over us now. Yeah. So Tennessee has the head to head. Both teams are winning their respective divisions, honestly, and both teams probably should win their respective divisions. Yeah. Then you got the Chargers, Raiders, and Bengals all sitting at four. Wait, wait, wait. Well. What was that second team you said after the Chargers? I'm, I'm, I'm not changing my stats on this team. This team what team was that? What team was that? You know the Raiders. You know what's the Raiders. Raiders. That's right. They won. They beat Denver. The Raiders. They're, they're Right now, they're in the, the, Denver the also, chaos. Denver also was one of those fake good teams at the beginning of the year. But you got beat those fake te- You got beat those fake good teams, and they did that, and they're in the heart of the chaos. Of I mean, the you, you look at it. The Broncos beat the Giants. I'm sorry, your Giants are. Uh, we're ass. We're injured, yeah. and they we're beat, ass. They beat the Giants. They beat Jacksonville. They beat the Jets. Then they go and lose to the Ravens. Okay, good team. They go and lose to the Steelers. The Steelers aren't a good team, and then they lose to the Raiders. They're and- three and three right now, though. And you know what, honestly, based on what's happening in Cleveland and based on what's happening in Cleveland, the Steelers have found themselves in playoff contention again right now. 
Cleveland is a dumpster fire with their injuries right now. Cleveland is a dumpster fire, but the thing is, though, based on the status of the AFC and just based on the status of their division, with the fact that it's not six teams anymore going to the playoffs, it's seven based on the expansion from last season, the Steelers find themselves in playoff contention once again after in three winning their last two games. Um, I may, it may or may not be poised to the fact that maybe I called them out and said the Rolling Stones have had better performances at Heinz Field than them. They may not have listened to that. They probably did not listen to that. <laughs> um, uh, but they are three and three, um, right now. Um, and actually, like you know, the entire AFC North like is at five hundred or above. If I'm if I'm correct, like Browns are three and three too, or are they two and four? The Browns are three and three. So Browns are three and three. Um, Ravens are five and one Steelers are three and three and the Cincinnati Bengals four and two, four and two, the Cincinnati Bengals are right now, Joe. Is it time to good call them a good team and not just a Gerald Burrow, Jamar Chase show, because I think it's time to give them their flowers and call them a good team. I think they are a good team. I do think that they are a good team. Um, the only thing is though, is like they, they're a good team, but the thing they is got a though, defense like, this year. They got a they defense. do have a they do have a defense, but the thing is though is like if Joe Burrow goes down, they're kind of fucked because I could I couldn't even tell you who Cincinnati's backup quarterback is. Um, I don't think most people could. <laughs> I don't think most people could either. I don't think Bengals fans can. Um, is it? It's Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Oh, who? Oh, gee, I don't even know who that is. See, okay, I couldn't even tell you that. But it's not the Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase show. They have a good team. They have a good defense. They're finding ways to win. But also at the same time, like if Joe Burrow goes down, they are kind of screwed because Brandon Allen is their backup quarterback. I could like that man. He they. It sounds like they signed him off the street from like bagging groceries at like the local groceries, the local produce store or whatever. I, I couldn't tell you like what is a local store in Cincinnati, but that's what that sounds like there. But yeah, no. You I threw mean, a touchdown this week. You threw a t- good for him. Okay, good for him. Good for uh, him. He's been, yeah, I mean, I don't know who he is, but he threw a touchdown this week. Good for him. All right. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. See, um, I don't, I, you know, I try to follow the Bengals are definitely like an interesting team to watch. I mean, obviously this isn't the Bengals of uh, the Boomer, Boomer Esiason and Chris Collinsworth days of when they went to those super, when they were in the playoffs in the eighties, obviously, but um, this Bengals team does look exciting for the most part. They find themselves in contention for the playoffs right now after week six, um, I mean, it is still kind of too early to tell like where teams are. They're just starting to find their way, obviously. But I mean, you know, one team that uh, you, you want to talk about, um, we kind of like wrote off last week because they got their asses handed to them at home. I mean, they found a way to win in Washington. Are we still writing off the Kansas City Chiefs or are we saying, hey, they're three and three. Maybe they're just start- maybe they're starting to figure things out again. What's happening here? Um, so I have two takes on this team. Uh, Kansas City does have real issues. Um, I would not call them a good team this year. But the thing I wanted to touch on with them real fast before I get into the actual team is why people are like, why is people? A lot of people are asking why is Patrick Mahomes getting the leeway he is for how bad he's been this year. And the reason he's getting that leeway is because he already has a Super Bowl and he already has an MVP and he's been a runner-up in the Super Bowl as well in his short five years that he's been in the league now. I mean, that is why that is why Patrick Mahomes is getting the leeway he gets because I see a lot of Bills fans like, if Josh Allen did that, people would be frying him. 
Yes, because Josh Allen hasn't been that good uh, as long as Patrick Mahomes is. The minute Patrick Mahomes stepped foot in the league, um, once he started after Alex Smith finally left the Chiefs after his first season sitting behind him, Patrick Mahomes has been nothing but good for that team, and he gets that kind of leeway. He's he's in that uh, he's kind of in like the Tom Brady, um, how Peyton Manning was when he was in the league. He gets that kind of leeway because he's already done it. He's been there. He's done that, and he's that good. Um, yes, clearly he needs to get back to the basics and stop being so fancy like he is. I think that's where a lot of the issues stem from. But a lot of his interceptions this year, if you actually watched the Chiefs games or like saw, like looked at it, a lot of his interceptions weren't terrible. They were they're interceptions that have tipped off receivers' hands. Yes, it maybe could have been a better pass, but they hit the receivers' hands and just fell into the defender's lap. I mean, th- this week against Washington, that interception he threw where he was being brought down and he just jacked the ball up. Yes, that was a terrible pass. But I mean, Josh Allen has done that before. Josh Allen did that Monday night, the night after exactly too. And I made a joke tweet about it. I said, Patrick Mahomes, is that you out there? Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why people are like, why is he in this three ways? Because he's earned it. That is why like people make me, I'm not here saying I'm a Patrick Mahomes stan or whatever, but that's the reason he's getting the leeway that he does compared to other QBs in the league who haven't done that yet. I mean, if Josh Allen went on to win the Bills a Super Bowl, losing a Super Bowl MVP, he would have that leeway as well where people, especially the media, wouldn't care about it. Exactly. And that just goes to the fact of like, act like you know, you've act like you've been here before. But the thing is, though, is like we're starting to see like a like and we've touched base about this a lot on the podcast. Like, you know, know what you're talking about. No, act like you've been here before. Like, we don't care if you support the team. We don't. I don't care. I mean, I, eh, I, I don't care if you go on Twitter and like tweet for your support for the team. I don't care if you do it on Instagram with your story posts or whatever. Yes, I like shitting on you when you do that in a way because if you don't know, if you don't do anything but that, like then, and you don't actually talk about the team, like in a like in a way like, you know, like fandom, then yeah, I will shit on you for that. And because it's kind of funny, but at the same time, like know what the fuck you're talking about when it comes to talking about the team you support. And if you're trying to shit talk somebody else, like the Kansas city chiefs, like Patrick Mahomes, like Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like if you're trying to shit talk every people like on other teams and other teams in general, and this goes into like what I wanted to touch base on later in the top, later in the podcast, especially towards the Titan and reference to the Titans. A lot of people were shit talking them. And it's like, no, know what you're talking about. Do your research. And I don't have a problem. Like I said, I don't care if you support your team, but if I'm going to have, if you're going to have a conversation, if you're going to make, try to make noise on social media. And if you don't know what you're talking about, you will get bombarded by a, not by a lot of people. And like, I won't be one of the ones that bombards you on social media because that's not how I am. I'm not one of those keyboard. I'm not one of those people that sit behind the keyboard. I will tweet my own thoughts. I will share my own thoughts on social media, but I will not attack somebody and call them an idiot. If they don't like, if they don't have anything correct, exactly. I will so la- a, lot of, a lot of the people you're seeing tweet this stupid shit is people who don't, like you said, people who don't actually watch football. It's those fake fans who come in when the team is good and then they see who people's rivals are and they're like, oh, why can he get away with that? It's because if you actually watched before, he has a reason he can do that stuff. 
Tom Brady was allowed to do what he was uh, to do what he was doing for 20 for 15 years for the most part because the Patriots were a very good football team, practically a dynasty. They were a dynasty, two separate dynasties combined for 20 years. Uh, and Tom Brady was also the top quarterback, one of the top players in the game in, in, in a span. And yes, a lot of like rival fans got mad at it. And now these fans that and now these so-called fans that are seeing like their team be good, Bills Bills fans. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to call them out. I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it was them, but it is because on Twitter, all I see is I'm talking about why why is Patrick Mahomes on this interception where because Josh Allen t- get roasted for it. It's like because if you actually watch football, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league right now. Um, but I, I will get into the Chiefs a little more once you finish your next statement. But I do have my thoughts on them. No, I, I mean, like, we agree there. I mean, like, you know, Bill, a lot of Bill, like, a lot of fans for them, for the Bills, like, were just mad that they had it all go against them for 15 to 20 years uh, with the Patriots and Tom Brady. And now that they see that the team is good, it's not that they choose because they don't want to shit on the Patriots because the Patriots are terrible uh, of a, fo- a terrible football team and they can't actually shit on Tampa because they may, they're starting to realize like, Hey, this Brady guy is actually pretty cool. They try to find other people to like, you know, make fun of or shit on. And it's like, and it's no, the one, can, it comes down to the one best quarterback in the AFC. That's better than Josh Allen. Yeah. And why like, yeah, you're going to shit on like a, a Super Bowl MVP and MVP, a, a Super Bowl champion, um, two time Super Bowl goer um, and a guy that is destroying records left and right, like in the NFL in terms of passing. Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, there. you can't come at this guy for what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, yes, the Chiefs clearly do have their issues this year. I mean, that defense is atrocious. Uh, yeah. I mean, the first half against Washington, you're kind of looking like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, okay, maybe Patrick Mahomes is having issues this year. But then guess what? The reason Patrick Mahomes is allowed to do the stuff he does, go watch that second half. Patrick Mahomes was unstoppable in that second half. I think he was like, I think it was like 18 for 25 or 175 yards. I mean, th- that is the reason the guy is able to do what he does because he can do what he needs to do to win games. Exactly, exactly. And they found a way. Oh, and they found a way to win against Washington on su- on Sunday. Yeah, that's what good teams do is they find ways to win. If they're not playing, exactly, they find what ways to win. What did we say to you uh, two what two three episodes ago? It's it doesn't not- matter how it doesn't matter how it happened. It matters how many. Exactly. Not how how many wins do you have? How do you win is not important. A win is a win is a win is a win. As long right. as it in is in the left cup. In two weeks, people aren't going to be looking at back at like, oh, the Chiefs beat Kansas. Chiefs had a game going for the first half against uh, Washington football team. But no, at the end, you look back two weeks from now, it's like, oh, we got a win in the column. That's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. But yes. So yeah, your take on the Chiefs in terms of where they stand, not just in the AFC, but in the NFL in general. I want to hear this. I'm intrigued. Enlighten me, sir. Um, so I do think that actually, genuinely the Chargers are the top horse in that AFC West. Now, I do think just based on the fact that how bad the Chiefs defense is, is that the Chargers are going to win the AFC West this year. Um, I do think Kansas City will make the playoffs still just based on the fact that who they have under center because Patrick Mahomes, is he can put up 30, 30 to 35 points a game just on a snap of a finger. I mean, we saw it this past week against the Washington football team. Yes, he struggled against the Bills, but the Bills played probably the perfect game, I would say, for the most part against a Kansas City team. And I mean, look, I mean, they went in, they were down to the, <clears throat> excuse me, they were down to the Browns at the beginning of the season. 
and guess what? They rallied back and win. Um, they lost to the Ravens. They they put up 35 points against the Ravens, lost 36-35 um, because Lamar Jackson played a great game as well. Um, they lost to the, the Chargers when they put up 24 points. Um, they had a shootout with the Eagles. They put up 42. So I'm not worried about this team at all because, I mean, every single game besides the Bills and the Chargers game, so out of four out of their six games, actually, they have put up over 30 points. I mean, you're going to win a lot of football games putting over 30 points. I mean, really, the magic number in the NFL is 27, and they're surpassing that. Yeah, it's just a matter of, like, what their defense does. Because so, yeah, that, that's the only thing that worries me is that defense, and that's the only way they will have issues if this defense continues to be as dog shit as they are. Thankfully, they still get to play the Broncos twice this year. Um, they still get to see the Raiders twice this year. But I well, the Raiders always give them trouble, though. They under always... John Gruden, under John Gruden, Gruden's not there anymore. So I'm curious. Yeah, to see if I'm curious no to see if they could take both against the Raiders this year. Um, I would say they'll probably lose to the. I don't know because now the Chargers, looking back after this week against what happened with Baltimore, where they just laid a complete egg, they were completely dominated on every facet of the game. That's why I Baltimore. think the Ravens are the class of the AFC right now. Because <laughs> I mean, you, you have to say that. I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, there's only 5-1 team left. Um, and, I mean, the, the Ravens have beat really good teams this year. I hate to break the people, but they have beat good teams this year. Well, I mean, the thing is, though. The only like, team they lost to is the Raiders. Yeah, and they should have won that game. They were up 17 to nothing. They completely laid an egg in the second, in the last part of the game, in the second half, in the four, in the latter part of the third, fourth quarter, yeah. and in overtime, they just completely laid an egg against the Raiders. We, I guess we'll see where they stand next week against the Cincinnati team, who's surprisingly good. So I think if they can beat Cincinnati, I would say they're going to get the number one team in the AFC. I as much as it, that hurts me to say. So. I believe that if Cincinnati – this game is a toss-up game in a way. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be a toss-up on the field. I think it's going to be a toss-up of, like, okay, if the Ravens win, they are pretty much solidifying themselves as a top – as the as the team to beat in the AFC for the most part. Because uh, For the most part. But if Cincinnati somehow finds – if Cincinnati somehow wins the game, and in that case – then I believe that Cincinnati is solidifying themselves as a contender for the playoffs and potentially could take the play, uh, potentially go into the playoffs. But the thing is, though, is if Cincinnati also wins that game, both teams will be five and two. And then it'll be based on division record after that. And then it'll be based on division record. So if Cincinnati wins, not only would those, could they see themselves as, as playoff contenders, they could see themselves as contenders for winning the AFC North which nobody had going into the season. I, mean, I, I kind of wrote them up as the last place in that AFC North because everyone really thought that the Steelers were still going to be good, which I am right. They're not a good team. I think so, they're better than the Browns right now. Yeah, like I said last week, though, it's the, the problem is with this team is I honestly think it's Baker Mayfield is the problem yeah. with this Browns team. And it it, is. It, it, people are going to hate that because everyone wants everyone loves Baker Mayfield. I really don't, but I agree to a point. He is injured. He has that shoulder problem. Um, And the thing is, though, yeah, he didn't have the shoulder problem against the Kansas City Chiefs. But the thing is, though, is that shoulder's been bothering him now. But, yeah, they don't trust him. And also, uh, they don't trust him. And we talked about this last week about, like, why is Odell Beckham Jr. there? He has no chemistry with Baker Mayfield. Now they also have their – they have both of their running backs out. Nick Chubb is out, and Kareem Hunt's going to be out for like four to six weeks too. And that was their game plan, was basically just those two just running down teams' throats, and that is how the Browns won games. 
So without them, it's not looking too promising, especially since I don't think Landry's coming back this week. Odell is now questionable. I get it's still early in the week, but they do play Thursday night and he's still questionable. Yeah, they have they have two day, they have a day and a half practically. They like have a day and a half. And I mean, yeah, they're playing the Broncos, but the thing is though is like um with all the injuries that they have, the Broncos could give them a run for their money, even though like we do think that the Broncos are frauds. But yes. at but I mean, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? This Bengals and Ravens game honestly is intriguing to me. And I'm questioning as to why now that we're going into week seven, why it was not not flexed out of the one p.m. slot because I mean it's too early in the year to flex. I thought they I thought they could start flexing after weeks at week seven, or I I think it's week eight. Oh shit! They can start flexing, but I don't. They really don't flex games until you get to week fifteen and sixteen. Sixteen, yeah, I know. But you have the chart. I mean, the Colts and the 49ers, and the 49ers have laid an egg uh, practically in the West right now with their quarterback situation. And the Colts are just like shat. Like the Colts are not a good team either. So I'm surprised. Like you know, and the networks really didn't consider that like this early in the season. But I don't want to go into it too much because I don't care to talk about two teams like that are going to play next Sunday night that are laying an egg this entire season. Um, but yeah, no, I mean I'm intrigued by that game overall. I hope it, I hope it'll be a good game and like uh, on the field. I hope yeah, honestly I'd like to see Cincinnati win in a way because like that would really shake things up not in not just in the North but in the, the whole AFC. Exactly. Because then exactly. they go to they go to the one seed. And that leaves a lot of question marks for every other team trying to get into the playoffs at this point as to where they're going to stand. Yes, it does suck now with only one team getting the wild card or one team getting the bye week in the playoffs. But guess what? That's the reality we're living in now. Exactly. It's really, well, really insane. Bye, you gotta earn it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's really insane when you think about it because Buffalo has their bye week. Tennessee plays plays Kansas City, so that'll be another game to look for to look for in you know on paper in the AFC because you have four and two and three and three, and if Tennessee, I mean Tennessee, like if even if they lose, like they still control their destiny in their division because the South is the weakest division in the AFC, and I'm pretty sure if you anybody that follows the NFL will agree with that. I, I you can make a strong argument for the East. I'm talking about just level of. Uh, yeah, you can. The you Miami, can. the Miami Dolphins are a joke, and the the New York Jets are a joke, and, and the Patriots suck. Patriots suck. Mac Jones actually isn't terrible, but they still suck. Yes, well, I only say the South is the weakest because, like, you have Jacksonville and Houston, and, Houston, and yeah. your ta- your Texans take. I'm sorry, is not looking good, but and even <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> and even and even if you tried to joke and say, oh, I meant the Astros, like. That that wouldn't even look good for you right now, too. Um, uh, they look dead too. But yeah, no, I mean it's very interesting to see like where the AFC stands right now because if Buffalo would have beaten Tennessee last night, definitely like you know some like there wouldn't have been a without a doubt like who the best team in the AFC was, and also probably like who the best team in the in the entire NFL was, even though Arizona is six and zero. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting there. Um, I really don't want to touch too much on the NFC, honestly. I mean, the Cardinals are 6-0. and They're the only undefeated team left in the league. They just beat up on the Browns physically. I take, I take time. The car, you think the Cardinals are overrated, don't you? No, I think the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. You're not wrong. You're as not- long as Dak – as long as – what happened is calf 
calf injury. Yeah, calf and they have the bye week. They have the bye. Yeah, week. they got the bye week, so have time to rest. This team got themselves a defense, and it's not like they made any huge changes to the defense this year. It just looks like those players. They hired just, a new defensive coordinator. Yeah, they hired Dan Quinn. It's looking like these players, like these defensive players, want to play for him and be good because you really didn't see any significant changes in this roster. No, not at all. And I mean, yeah, you had this, some retirements and draft I mean, changes. I mean, I think we talked about this last year. The Dallas has one of the best offenses in the NFL. It's just yes. they never had a defense to support them. And now they have the defense, and you're seeing the fruits of their labor. I guess. So you want so you want to go on the record saying that you're drinking the Cowboys Kool-Aid in the NFC? I, as much as I hate what the NFL does with the Cowboys, yes, I am. Yes, okay, I yeah. Because I, I think – I think Arizona's I, – I don't know the right words for them for me. They're 6-0. and all, They're finding ways to win. I mean, you know, that's another team that a certain fan base – I think it's – yes, even, if, even, if, they, even and... if they get the bye, though, going into playoffs, with this Arizona team, I think you need to – what's the saying? You need, a, you need to learn to crawl before you can walk. I think that's what's going to happen with this team if they do get into playoffs just because they haven't been there in several years. Yeah, they haven't been to the playoffs, and they haven't been deep into the playoffs since exactly. um, so like uh, Kurt under, Warner was their quarterback. Under Kyler Murray, as much as I love him, he's still my MVP front runner. Right? Well, actually, Lamar Jackson might be taking that over for me, to be honest. But they need—they're going to need to crawl before they learn to walk when it comes to playoff time. So I'm putting Dallas as my best team in the NFC right now. I can agree with you there for the most part. Why just for the most part? Do you disagree with something? No, I mean, I just don't want to say it because I'm a New York Giants fan. That um, makes sense. All right. All right, all right. I'm a Giants fan. But, yes, I will agree with I, – I will agree with you there. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys, like, under Dan Quinn, that defense looks actually, like, reputable. Trayvon Diggs, I mean, man's a ball hawk. I mean, he's got seven picks right now. Possible defensive player of the year. Possible defensive player of the year. I mean, it's only I mean, the, le- the last time a cornerback won was what? To, was it? It wasn't Revis. Who was it? Who was the last cornerback to win defensive player of the year? Um, it may have been Revis. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Maybe even I'll Charles look, I'll Woodson. I'll look it up right now. You I'm might tempted be right. It might be Woodson. I'm tempted to say Charles Woodson. No, Gilmore, 2019. Gilmore. He won defensive player of the year in 2019. Yeah. Um, uh, after uh, it, it was uh, he won twenty he won it in twenty nineteen because the Patriots won the Super Bowl in eighteen, um, and then in nineteen they got knocked out to the Titans, um, and he won Defensive Player of the Year. Huh. I, I guess I forgot about that completely. I almost did too, but then I just like clicked in my brain. I'm like Revis Woodson. I'm like cornerback Gilmore. The oh yeah, reason, you're right. It was yeah. Gilmore the only reason why I remembered game. that is because he ended up getting cut by the Patriots how many weeks ago. Yeah, and then um, what's no, in 2009? Yeah, it was right. traded to the Panthers, and he's going to play this week. But I still think that that Carolina team is a bunch of frauds as well. Sam Darnold's looking like old Sam Darnold. Yeah, they're three and three right now. Christian McCaffrey is on the IR. Um, the only thing is, though, they'll probably be they will probably get an easy win next week. Uh, who are they playing next week? Giants, <laughs> my team. <laughs> Don't don't talk down to yourself, but you're probably right. You're probably right. I'm probably right. I mean, I'm not gonna be. I told you myself. Like, I, I will not. I'm not gonna be watching the NFL this week. I'm pro. I'm going to be watching 
actual football, like actual like soccer. So like because the matchups for week seven are going to be terrible. I will st- I will do my due diligence to do my research though to figure out what to talk about. But <laughs> we are now in like the period of like the matchups on paper like don't look too good. It's like three weeks of the NFL all the time is just the matchups are just boring. Yeah, exactly. maybe one good matchup a week. Um, bye weeks suck. Bye weeks actually suck. Yes. But I'm happy. Thankfully, I'll be in Columbus this weekend uh, cheering on the Columbus crew, so I won't have to watch any football this week, which is nice. But like Jamie, I will do my research to make sure I know what I'm talking about next week. But I will not be watching. What, you don't want to just come on the podcast and start spewing bullshit about, like, how the now now one and five Jacksonville Jaguars are are going to start a run, even though they failed to win on American soil in, like, a year and a half? Come on. It doesn't matter. Urban Meyer's got his swagger back. They're one and five. Um, I hope they put out a tweet saying saying got one more to come or something like that. I wish they just so they can go on another twenty games. Lose another streak. twenty games in a row would have been amazing. But Urban Meyer has a swagger back. I mean, he went to he went out to London, probably uh, took a private jet, probably went to the red light district for a night, got his got his swag on, and now he's back here winning football games. Probably, most likely. I mean, who knows what happens? I mean, uh, he could have just pulled. He could have just pulled a whole coach beard and Ted Lasso and just like go out on the town, like, and then come back the next day and he's like. Did you actually see the tweet that it said? Um, it said Urban Meyer tonight. Did you see that? I did see that, and it's just Coach Beard, like uh-huh. in that one underground car. That was the one. That was the weirdest Ted Lasso episode ever. They just needed an episode for to fill because yeah. they did because they didn't have content to like to actually use. The only thing is though is like going on now going off topic and talking about Ted Lasso. I think like when season three happens, they're gonna like make it more like fifteen to twenty episodes instead of the ten to twelve that seasons one and two were. I hope so because I mean twelve just seemed too short. Also, spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it. Fuck Nate. Fuck Nate is right. Um, uh, we do recommend watching Ted Lasso, though, if you have not. It is on Apple TV+. Plus, so if you haven't watched it, you probably just don't want to pay for another streaming service. But I believe they have a 30-day free trial. Uh, they um, do, and it's only $5 a month. And it's only five dollars a month, but I also do believe that because, like you know, there could be like a special deal for like you know if you like like you know for through your phone or like whatever Apple product you own. Like yeah, if you originally got a new Apple product, you get a year free. I have I did that myself. In fact, I don't think I'm actually getting charged still. I may have it free for like whatever as long. Mine, as, just, mine just ended this month. I'm so sad. Not to pay for Apple TV. I don't even. I don't think I've been paying for Apple TV. I'm gonna be completely honest with you there. Um, uh, I government. I hope you are not listening to that there. But um, uh, <laughs> we're such a big podcast that government listens up on us. Oh uh, yeah, the NSA is definitely listening on this. And uh, my hey, we did. We do have a uh, listener from uh, Iraq. Shout out to him. Uh, Iran. 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 Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to shout out to our shout out to our international listeners there. But speaking of, well, not international, but I do want to talk about like you know destinations and yes. Um, so going off of back to the Bills game, it was a huge takeover in Nashville, a failed takeover. Okay, because they didn't win the game, and like Herm Edwards says, you play to win the game. It was almost as bad as the Bay of Pigs. Okay, they declared victory three days before the game. No, piss off. My thing, my, my piss off. 
<laughs> my, my thing was, why is the commentator twice throughout the broadcast having to point out the fact that the Tennessee Titans, who are playing at home in Nissan Stadium, have fans in the stadium. It's not all Bills fans. That's pretty obvious. That's that, why you know, a lot of people were mad at Steve Levy then. Because... I mean, it's pretty obvious that we're in Tennessee. Clearly, it should be more Tennessee fans because, granted, we're not playing in Western New York. We're playing down in Nashville. But two and two together there just have a little common sense. Yes, I agree there. I do agree there. But I I, I, I told you I had takes. I told you last night at the end of the game I had takes. But we had a conversation about this um, earlier, like earlier in the week, late last week, about how destination cities like tend to attract a lot of away fans um, in terms of whatever sport it is, whether it's Major League Baseball, whether it's NBA Basketball, whether it's National Football League, or even the National Hockey League, like Nashville, Miami. Um, I, I don't know if I can say Vegas or not, but like I places. Say, yeah. Um, well, I don't can't... know about Vegas in terms of the National Hockey League. Like they, like they embrace hockey. Like they've been embracing hockey since the Golden Knights have been a franchise. I agree with that, but I also do think a lot of the fans that go, like a lot of hockey fans that go to the Vegas games. Could be I, tourists. I honestly think they're tourists who buy like the Vegas clothes because I do know people who have went there who aren't Vegas fans have cheered for Vegas while they're there and bought stuff because they're tourists there and it's cool. And don't get me wrong, it's probably one of the most the probably would be right now the most fun, enjoyable fan most, experience yeah, right now. Yeah, most fun and enjoyable fan experience in the National Hockey League. Yeah, but yeah, so like that's what really like got me about the entire takeover thing too. Like that's what I when I said earlier talking about the game, like I, you know, taking out con- too much out of context because destination cities, like the entire state of Florida. Let's be honest. I mean, how like how many people like come from going to Florida from out of state just because of the nice weather, and they could be in like Tampa. They could like they could be in Tampa. Like to go, like you know, and they're like, "Hey, the Bucks are playing. Let's go see the Bucks." They could be in Miami. The Dolphins are playing. Let's go see the Dolphins. Um, for baseball, the Marlins are playing. Let's go see the Marlins. I mean, I'm not gonna say that about the Tampa Bay Rays because nobody wants to go to that dumpster fire that is the Trop. But I mean, Nashville is becoming one of the top destinations in the United States in terms of popularity because of how they've built up their downtown scene or night scene. Built up the nightlife. Built there's so much. There's so many attractions like in the city on an overall basis too, and yeah, they just happen to have a professional hockey team and a professional football team. Um, so there are a lot of away fans that could go there, and even like the same thing can be said for Los Angeles, except like for in terms of their football teams. That is, I'm not going to say that about the Dodgers because that's not true. That you can't you, you, 90 90% of Dodger Stadium at full capacity are Dodger fans and not tourists and the same thing I'm going to say about the Lakers because the Lakers are pretty much the gold standard in that city um and the Clippers potentially could have tourists there um the Rams and Chargers definitely have tourists there because I would say the Lakers probably have tourists um but Lakers are just one of the most popular teams in basketball so just a lot of people cheer for them Exactly. But I'm, but the thing is though, is like for Rams and chargers, I mean, how many times have we said it? I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't name, I can't count the the number of Rams fans on my finger. I, on my hand. I mean, like I can't. I think I'm I, the chargers city for football for sure. 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, the same thing with the Chargers. I don't know a single Chargers fan. I know, like, three Rams fans. So, like, one, two, three. That's it right there. So, that's definitely – so, SoFi definitely attracts a lot of tourists, um, uh, especially based on that. I mean, they definitely will be attracting a lot of tourists in February because they're hosting the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I mean, destination cities like that, I mean, you know, it's definitely interesting there to see that. I mean, you know, see, like, you know – tourists away fans taking advantage of like what the city has to offer and it's like yeah i mean i'm gonna be completely honest like if i was down in nashville myself like not for this game but like if i was down in nashville like at some time of the year during hockey or football season i'd be like yeah i'll go to a preds game i'll go to a i'll go to a titans game i'll check it out see how much see see what the experience is like if it's relatively like inexpensive for me the same thing if i went to florida or even new orleans i mean new orleans is actually a destination city nobody really talks about though because everybody I do think see. though there will be another Bills quote unquote takeover of New Orleans while we're down there for Thanksgiving because I already know of a lot of people going down there. New Orleans is definitely being quote unquote taken over. It's just a matter of whether or not they can actually win the game this time, which I think they will. I think they will because New Orleans is a completely different team under Jameis. Under Jameis than they were under Drew Brees. Yes, I, I agree with you there. But I just found that interesting, like how we talked about the other day, because like that's like, you know, nobody really puts it into context about like destination cities or whatnot doing that. It's completely different compared to how we follow European soccer. Like you're not going to go to um, you're not going to go to Liverpool and go to a Liverpool FC Liverpool FC game playing against God knows who they could play Crystal Palace or whatever, but you're not going to see tourists there. You're like, I don't think you would see tourists at any, like you may see a few, but not as many as like here in American sports, in my honest opinion, like I'm not going to go down to London to like, I wouldn't go to London or even like across like onto the continent to like, you know, Germany or Spain and like, you know, to a game there. I'm not going to see a lot of tourists. Yeah. In the city, I will, but not the game. Away fans, away fans are also completely different in that situation too, mainly because those fan like the the home team only allocates so many tickets to away fans. Like they can allocate as many as little as like a hundred, and they can allocate as much as like maybe one to five one, one to five thousand. Maybe yeah, I was gonna like I was gonna, 10, I was gonna point that out that away teams only give uh, or the home teams only give a certain amount of tickets to away fans. And those away fans will typically get a bus chartered by the away team coming in. Could you imagine, like, if American sports actually did that? Like, um, no, no, I can't because America, the American fans are too cheap to uh, have the game sold out by just home fans. They don't count on it. They don't care who's at the games. No, they don't count. They no, because it's completely different. Like, they actually like will go to their games no matter what for the most part. And they don't care if they don't sell out like a, on a Tuesday night or whatever over in Europe. Whereas in America, like it's all money, money, money. I mean, it's all money, money, money in Europe too, but. But not as they, for the most part, they do care about their fans more. Yes. Oh, for the most part, definitely, definitely. But I just found that. Huh? So except we're talking about the Super League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll never bring that up again. I promise. Let's <laughs> never do that. But um, uh, yeah, no. I just found that interesting. There, I always found. I just found that interesting. There, 
Um, uh, still worse than the Bay of Pigs, though, because they didn't win. But, I mean, you can tell me to piss off all I want, all you want, but I am right uh, in that sense there. But um, I still found that interesting there, to be honest, uh, in terms of how it was, like, the context of everything. Um, Let's see here. What else do we want? Oh, speaking of soccer, let's go into some soccer talk. Um, So, game of the weekend. Not in the NFL, not in the NBA, not in the NHL, and definitely not in the MLB because there's only two games going on in the MLB. Game of the weekend. Our teams go, the teams we support in the English oh, Premier, yes. Premier League go head to head. Your Liverpool taking on my Manchester United. Um, and honestly, two teams in very different directions right now. Liverpool, un, like under the guidance of Jurgen Klopp and the fantastic play of Mo Salah, the Egyptian king. Best uh, player in the world right now? I, will, I was just going to say that. He has scored in nine straight games in all competitions. Um, and he is just on a tear right now. Manchester United, after they signed Cristiano Ronaldo, seem to have been in a slump. Um, and we and they are heading in different directions as of right now. It doesn't look it on the table, but in terms of style of play, it does. Liverpool, go, Liverpool thrashed Watford 5-0 in their last league game. They beat Atletico Madrid um, in their Champions League uh, group, group, game, group stage game today by a score of... Three to two, three to two. Um, Man United yet to play Atalanta. They will be doing that tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. But Sunday, I'm looking forward to it. I I'm going to be in Syracuse watching the game with a lot of friends, with uh, some some friends of mine, other soccer people. There's a place there called Wolf's Beer Garten. It's a German beer house. Uh, I went there for the uh, Euro 2020 final, and it was packed. I don't think it will be that packed like it was for that match. But I still think a good crowd for the game, no matter. Nonetheless, I tried to do it last year. Like I went out last year to uh, Syracuse to the to to the beer garden, and the fixture got postponed because of fan protest because of the Super League. <laughs> I had to bring it up again. I thought I wasn't going to, but I had to. But um. Yeah, all right. Give me give me your biased takes. Give me your unbiased takes. Just give me what you have on your mind about the game, about the teams. Lay it all out. Uh, clearly, we're coming in with a much stronger squad than you. Um, coming in in much better form than you guys as well. I mean, it, 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 the, the, but the thing is, though, when these two teams always play, it's always close. To, I mean, the last time we played, it was 4-2 Liverpool. But that's besides the point. Um, like these two teams always will never just together. Is there something about a derby day that makes it so special? And both these teams are going to be coming to play. But I mean, right now, this Liverpool team, I mean, granted, our defense hasn't been as strong as it was two years ago. Last year, I don't really consider what happened to our defense because all of our starting center backs were injured. We had to bring people up from through the transfer window in January. And I'm not too worried about last year, but our defense definitely isn't under Van Dyke. I mean, Matip has been playing phenomenal. Do not, I think Matip is playing like the best center back in the Premier League right now. Um, that is very unbiased as well. I mean, I think most people would agree with that. But I mean, it's if they follow right. soccer, they will agree with that. Yes, if they follow soccer, they will agree with that. Like you would probably agree with that because you know. 
Yeah, and then okay. on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have uh, you have Harry Maguire, who is probably still thinking about a fight that happened how many, uh, a year and a half ago in Greece, or his performances in Euro 2020, he's probably still thinking about too. Um, but beside the point there, yeah, we have our defenses are on the opposite end of the spectrum there. Yeah. And Liverpool- it's looking impossible to stop our front three right now. It's impossible I mean, to stop one of them, I, I would say. Mo Salah is looking like... But Bobby he's looking, he's looking, have a hat-trick he, last weekend. He did have a hat-trick, and that is why he started tonight. Because I do, I think if Firmino doesn't score that hat-trick, or even if he doesn't score a brace, I think Hota's getting the start. Because Bobby Firmino has not been playing very good this year, to be honest. Um, everyone was kind of like, like, kind of looking like, what's going on with Firmino? And what should Liverpool do with him? He scores a hat trick and he plays a decent game today against Milan or against Atletico, excuse me. Um, but I mean, Mo Salah right now, I mean, he's looking for, I know PSG is now interested in him. They want to get into talks. I know Real Madrid's interested in him, but they're looking at, he wants to contract around the 3,500,000 to $400,000 per week salary, which I, I mean, the Fenway Sports Group should give it to him. Dude, I mean, he's worth every penny that he wants, how he's playing right now. Like you touched on nine goals in the last nine games. Um, I think it's 11 goals in the last nine games, actually. But, yes, yeah, scored in nine straight competitions, yes. He also oh, had yeah, like right, four assists, right. too. Yes, he does. He's just looking right now like the best player in the world. He's outperforming every single player at his position right now. Um, he really just looks like the best player in football and just unstoppable. He's been on a tear. I do have some questions, though, about, I mean, I, I do think our just squad all in general, besides maybe I would take two players from yours, put them on the mind to make it a stronger squad. I would say uh, probably nine out of the 11 starters, I would say from Liverpool are better than your guys's. Uh, well, the team, honestly, United started out good. They started out really well. I mean, they, they won seven of nine points. They won seven of nine points to start the season. The international break came and went, hit a bit of a blip. I mean, losing the young boys in the champions league, barely beating Villarreal in the champions league. Um, they ended up losing last weekend four, two to Leicester. Um, and the thing is though, is like I, the King power stadium is, King Power Stadium is actually like a house of horrors, actually, like going back to like going back even to 2015. I mean, they lost to Leicester five to three at the King Power in 2015. They drew them one one in 2016. Uh, I think it was 2018. They drew them two two at the King Power Stadium after the after the 2018 World Cup. They um they got knocked out by Leicester in the FA Cup. Um, I think it it was last. Was it last? It was the last season, or the se- yeah, it was last season. They, they were at the King Power. They got knocked out by Leicester at the King Power Stadium. So that like it, it could just be a house of horrors there for the most part. But yeah, no, there are some issues in terms of what's happening in Man United. I mean. Like I said, they started out really well. The transfers I thought were good. I mean, bringing in Sancho, bringing in Varane, um, and then obviously the coup, the the coup and return that I never thought would have happened. Bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo. Do you regret having that happen now? Not. Uh... I I think he just absolutely killed the chemistry between this team, and is why Sancho isn't getting minutes that he should be. 
Sancho um, hasn't been getting minutes because that he should be because of Mason Greenwood too. Because him and Greenwood played relatively play the same position, and now that Marcus Rashford is also back, Marcus Rashford's gonna go right into the starting eleven too. So, so why, why sign him? I really didn't. I really think that I think they signed him because they are intent on selling Martial. But the thing is, though, is they don't want to sell Martial, and that's more on the owners. Because the the idiot ownership uh, likes Anthony Martial, even though he's very inconsistent uh, for the most part. Um, another thing that does hurt, like so, I think the ideal plan for the future is to have Rashford on the left, Greenwood up top, and then Sancho on the right. But the only thing is, though, is I keep I, you know going into transfer rumors and everything. You still have at it, like you know, like going into transfer rumors. There's they've been linked to Erling ha- Erling Haaland of Borussia Dortmund for the past couple summers now, and I don't know if they're going to sign him because obviously I don't report for the team, and I'm not like Fabrizio Romano or like any other journalist like overseas. Um, and currently, right now, like you like you said, we have Cristiano Ronaldo. We still have Edison Edison Cavani too. Who rare has rarely featured this season, but going back to San, going back to Jay and Sancho, like I wouldn't say he's been a bust, but he's been a disappointment. No goals, no assists, like this season. I mean, he started out that way for Dortmund last season too. Like he had a slow start and then kind of like improved as the season went on. I'm hoping that's the case there. But the thing is, though, is like he. Uh, I want to say he still. I want to still say he has to adapt to a new league, but he's seven games into the season for them. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been getting a lot of minutes either, and that really doesn't help. But even when he's on the pitch, he doesn't have an impact. Like he, like he's trying to do too much with so little, and it's just frustrating to watch. There, another thing that annoys me is that, you know, who's actually been kind of invisible, except for maybe like. One or two assist, one or two assists, like as of late, and nobody's really talking about Bruno. Thank, yeah, exactly. Bruno's been invisible for a little bit lately, as of late. Both Bruno and Pogba have been kind of invisible. I mean, Pogba came out like a ball of fire, had like six assists to start the season, but he really hasn't done much. Bruno started. I think it's because Ronaldo's hurting him. That's I'm I'm gonna agree. I, I'm I'm thinking that could be the case there too, because the thing is is that annoys me is like, yeah, we bought Ronaldo in, but the thing is though, is did we really need Cristiano Ronaldo? I had this this I I always thought this. I think like, without Ronaldo, you guys are a top three team. I really think that like Ronaldo could be hurting them in a way, mainly because like of the team chemistry. Like looking at how when Ronaldo was on Juventus, did Juventus really need, need Cristiano Ronaldo? Because based on the talent that they had with the chemistry that the, that that team had, no, they didn't. They just but he was available and they bought him. They had him for two seasons. They had him for yeah, eighteen, yeah, eighteen, nineteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty, twenty. Well, yeah, they had him for three seasons, and it like was I wouldn't say a complete bust. But I mean, it wasn't as great of a success as they thought it would be because I believe that the chemistry wasn't there between him, him and the rest of the squad, and the and having their manager change like twice didn't help either. But going off of what's happening now with United, like this isn't Cristiano Ronaldo of two thousand seven, oh eight, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Like this is Cristiano Ronaldo in twenty twenty one. He's thirty six years old. Yeah, okay. He still has the eye for goal. He's still in the physique shape that he's in. Um, 
and he can get the job done for the most part, but don't rely on him all that much, too much like, like how Juventus did. That's exactly the problem there. They have so much talent uh, in, in terms of forward depth and midfield depth. Like they have Marcus Rashford, who's healthy again. They have Jane Sancho. They have uh, Edinson Cavani. They have Mason Greenwood. They have Bruno Fernandes. They have Paul Pogba. They have Donny Van de Beek, who's riding away on the bench um, and probably should not have came to Man United. I still think that was a panic buy. Um, the defense was looking really good until Rafael Varane got injured playing for France. Um, McGuire looked like a lost like sheep out there against Leicester. And I really believe that's because like it was, I really believe it's because of his partnership with Lindelof with his partnership with Victor Lindelof is terrible. In my honest opinion, like they look like lost dog, like lost sheep out there together. Um, Luke Shaw, like has been doing the best he can on the left and Juan Bissaka, like, you know, has been hit or miss on the right. Um, it really doesn't help that the defense, like the, it really doesn't help that defensive squad rotation really doesn't happen unless a player gets injured. Like, like to start the season, like the back four was the same back four. Like it was Juan Bissaka at right back, Luke Shaw at left back, and then the center back partnership was Harry Maguire and Rafael Varane. But now because that, but because Maguire got injured, and I still think he's not completely healthy, uh, and Rafael Varane's gonna be out for a good for a couple of weeks still too. I really believe that, like, you know, can you rely on Victor Lindelof and and Eric Bailly? And I can't believe I'm saying this one, but if Phil Jones makes an appearance, uh, like, can you rely on them to partner with Harry Maguire? Can you trust Harry Maguire in a partnership with them? Like, with the addition of Varane, like, that defense, like, actually was solidified there for the most part. So there are various questions and concerns with the squad, but then, like, there's also questions arising again about the manager. Obviously, going into this game, uh, you have two different class man, two different class managers. Like you have world class manager on Liverpool's side and Jurgen Klopp, who has won a Premier League, who's won a Champions League, who's won the UEFA Super Cup, who's won the Club World Cup. Like he's won trophies with Liverpool. Um, and then you have Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who has had a better squad, probably the best Man United squad talent-wise since from 2007 to like 2011 under Alex Ferguson, even though players came and went there, that squad, those, those squads were still talented. Like Solskjaer has yet to win a final. He made one final, lost on pens uh, uh, in the Europa League last season, but Various failures in semifinals and quarterfinals of competitions. Yeah, they finished second in the league last season, but the thing is, though, is like it wasn't like a like you know great second in the league. They still got really good. The league got ran over. Um, but yeah, um, I, I before I go into my t- take on Solshire, I know you want to talk about him, so I'll have your thoughts first and see like where they differ from mine if they differ at all. Um, so I think me and you might, because we talked about this the other day, I think me and you kind of agree, is he will be there for maybe a month or two more. I don't know if he finishes out the season or not. I guess it really depends. I, I, I really do think it depends on how they do in their the Champions League to qualify. If you guys qualify, I think he gets a little more leniency um, and lasts a little longer. Um if he qualifies, they keep him around to the knockout stages, in my opinion. If he loses 
in round one of the knockout stages, I maybe he's gone then. But if he qualifies at least pass through one of the knockout stages, I think he lasts the season. Um, but if he like if he has a shitty showing in the uh, the qualifiers and ends up taking you guys like in second and like just really really bad qualifying maybe December, like, I, I think you said this to me, like, around Christmas time, he's probably gone. I mean, what are you guys right now? You guys are six in the Premier League right now? Um, yeah, I mean, it also doesn't really help that uh, Brighton is, like, fourth right now. That's a, much of everybody's surprise. But, yeah, we're sixth right now. We're behind Tottenham, who – I, who taught who like had a skit of their own uh, and now they're above us in the standings. I mean, the top like eight in the premier league, like looks very like weird right now, but yeah, sixth right now, considering how we started out so well is not good at all. Yeah. I mean, I really thought you guys were going to be really a top three team in the premier league this year. I thought it was going to be, be between well, top four because Chelsea's actually really good this year as well. I thought it was just going to be a race between me or United, Liverpool, City, and Chelsea. Um, really in the top four. And you guys sitting in six right now yet, yeah, still early in the season. But, I mean, you guys haven't been putting on the best performances at all, to be honest. I mean, I don't know if it's because Solskjaer um, or what it is. I just don't know if the team's not clicking like they should be. Because, I mean, last year towards the end of the season, you guys, especially in the beginning of this season, you guys look really, really good. And that just kind of just fell away. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with you guys. Yeah, no, I mean, it's very hard to tell there. Um, I, I think we touched base on this earlier in the week or later last week or something like that. You know what? Fuck it. Let's fucking go. We're watching the Sabres game as we record the podcast. They are up four to two right now. Over Mate, the- relax. I, I'm, I'm only up three to two right now on the stream. I'm behind you. I'm only up three to two. Come on. You know what? We're recording this as we speak, and guess what? I, yeah, yeah. Let's fucking go. The Sabres are good. The Sabres Sabre? are good. The Sabres are good. They're a wagon. This is a Buffalo Sabres stand podcast. Yes, Manchester United need to figure their shit out. Otherwise, only Gunnar Solskjaer is going to get fired by Christmas if they don't qualify for the knockouts of the Champions League, because I believe it will be based on that. And yes, I do want to say, like we were talking about before, uh, earlier in the week, how he is like Frank Lampard when Frank Lampard was in charge of Chelsea. Great squad. He had no tactics. That's why they fired him and they hired Tuchel. Man United are in the same shape right now. I believe that if Ole does not get them where to, to where they need to be, they will fire him. It's just a matter of who they replace him with. The only thing is, though, is I don't know who to replace him with. Um, a lot of people say Zinedine Zidane. I don't want that ball. Like, I, don't I don't want, want him either. I won't want him. Uh, Bring back Antonio. Yeah. I don't want Antonio Conte with his 3-5-2 formation because I don't want to see a third center back out there uh, with Maguire or Varane. I really don't want to see that. Um like, who else is there? Like, the only coach I'd consider maybe is Eric Ten Hag of Ajax, but he's not going to leave Ajax anytime soon. No, They're playing about, very. Uh, no, never mind. I can't think of anyone who's look, currently looking for a job. No, there's nobody currently looking for a job anywhere. I mean, nobody that's like actually like a big name. No one, no one that's of use to you guys. 
No, no one that's of use. Like the only one I can think of that could be used to us is Eric Ten Hag of Ajax. And Ajax thrashed Dortmund uh, earlier today in the Champions League 4-0. And they're playing very attractive football, even though they don't have the, as much talent as they did even back in 2019. Like he is doing a phenomenal job. But like, yeah, it's Ajax. You can say it's Ajax. It's the Dutch league. Um, I Like, no, like he's a good manager and he's getting the job done. And that's the only person I would consider actually like is replacing Ole, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But uh, I do want to apologize because like I said, you know, I know we wanted to touch base on the Sabres, but they came, they were 2-1 down. They tied it at 2-2 and they're up 4-2 now. And before we start the Sabres talk um, and hockey talk, um, I want your prediction for Man United versus Liverpool because I believe we touched base on everything for the game. And I and I know you're going to be biased and say that Liverpool... This isn't win. just bias. This is the truth. 4-2 Liverpool, Salah scores a hat-trick. Uh, Hota comes in and a sub at the fifty or the sixty fifth minute and bags one in the eighty second. All right, all right. That's a yeah. That's that's not bias. That's a truth. It's I mean, not, yeah, I don't truth. see Salah scoring a hat trick. I see him scoring one. I mean, he. I mean, he didn't score a goal against Man United. Uh, he's against Man United until like that. Famous celebration where Allison ran the length of the pitch well back in 2020 before COVID hit, and it took. And I mean, did he score? And did he score against us last season? I can't even remember honestly. He may have, he may not have. I can't remember, but I I do remember that at Anfield, and it still kind of bugs me a little bit. Um, you know what? I am going to be biased here. We're winning three to two. Ronaldo's going to score one. Greenwood's going to score one. And <laughs> the unlikely of sources, as much as I've been shitting on him, Jaden Sancho will finally announce himself to the Old Trafford faithful. It will be three to two, and it will be a close game. The only thing is, though, is that you will be the winner of this because you'll see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as manager for another week. <laughs> this is the part, people, where this is uh, officially my last podcast with Jeremy because he's talking about his ass now. Um, it was nice. Oh, for I you guys to hear to... my voice. Yeah. I haven't talked out my ass. Jeremy yeah. is ta- I've heard him say some crazy shit. This might be the craziest. <laughs> this might be the craziest. Oh, you clearly haven't heard yourself talk lately. Okay. <laughs> I realize I, my, my takes come from my heart. Yeah, your takes your come, takes from, your come from your ass. <laughs> More shit comes out of your mouth than out of your ass. Okay, sir. Gotcha. But speaking of takes coming out of my but speaking of takes, terrible takes coming out of my ass, the Buffalo Sabres are good. They are going to be 3 0 at the end of tonight after beating the Vancouver Canucks. They're playing you attractive. Knock on wood. You knock on wood? Hold on. Thanks. Knocked on wood. Um uh Tage Thompson scored his second goal of the season. That was the fourth goal of the game. But yeah, they were two to one down. They're up four to two now as we're recording. I do apologize for the outburst. I'm pretty sure, like, what well, I'm pretty sure there have been other podcasts like that are sports related. They do, they have had outbursts or something like that happening. Um, so it is kind of funny. But yes, they beat, they like, I ran a poll a few days ago. Um, whether or not after a small sample size of two games, if the Sabres were good. Uh, it was pretty split down the middle, actually, between either them being good and on the warpath or the fact that the Habs are frauds and the Coyotes were just shit. I mean, yeah, we ran a train on the Habs, who 
literally are not as good. Like they're not as good as every, like as people thought, think them out to be. I mean, they definitely did not fill the holes that needed to be filled in the off season and the coyotes. Yeah. The yeah. We took Arizona to a shootout on Saturday on Saturday, but the thing is though, is like, they just couldn't finish their chances. Like if, if the Sabres were actually able to finish their chances against uh, Arizona on Saturday, like they probably would have won like five or six to one, honestly, and not have needed overtime in a shootout. And now they're playing Vancouver. I mean, and now they're playing Vancouver and they're still, and they're still playing attractive hockey. They're still playing fun and entertaining hockey. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now. I mean, are you like, I don't know, Jake, are you actually drinking the Kool-Aid or are you just fucking with me the entire time? I am. The Buffalo Sabres are an absolute wagon. Donnie Meatballs has us playing exciting fucking hockey. The young kids are buzzing. I mean, Cade Thompson is scoring goals. Would you ever think you're saying that word? No, Jeff Skirner just scored a goal. Would you ever think we're saying that again? No, guess what? The Buffalo Sabres might be a force to be reckoned with, to be completely honest. This team... I mean, is at it looks like a complete 180 from last year. This team looks mostly for the most part a lot most of the same guys within the depth spots, and we look good. We're playing competent hockey, and it's amazing to see. I mean, we don't even and have- I am happy on the bandwagon hard because I am currently ordering the Buffalo Sabres wagon shirt off of. Uh, the Spit and Chicklets uh, website. They pulled. They they brought that shirt back. They, they pulled brought it the out wagon of, shirt back. They pulled it out of. No, no. They gotta get rid of that shirt. That shirt like led to our downfall after the ten game win streak in twenty eighteen. They have to get rid of that again. Oh, Darlene's got five assists and uh, Darlene's got five assists and uh, five assists on the season, I believe, or in in three games. So Darlene's off to a tear as well. Um, you know, um, take that Ralph Kruger, you piece of dog shit, uh, hindering Darlene's development like that, you asshole. Um, I do, you know, maybe we should get Kruger on the podcast and like make him answer a bunch of, bunch of questions. I, if we could find a way to get him on the podcast, I would love that. I would just roast railroad his ass. ass. Yeah. But Fucking uh, railroad I, don't think, him. I don't think that's going to happen. Probably not going to happen. I, he probably found his way back to Southampton for all we know. And I he made a mistake. Right. That's... Holy shit, we got another long podcast. We didn't have uh, a lot to talk about today. We, we did have a lot to talk about, honestly. I mean, it's the NFL talk, but yeah, no. Um, uh, yeah, shelve that fucking shirt from Barstool. That that shirt like led to the downfall of the 2018 Buffalo <laughs> Sabres right there um, after the 10-game win streak. But um, no, Donnie Meatballs has them playing in the right direction. Um, I'm excited. I mean, you know, I do. I told you like before we started recording, I do want to go to a game. Uh, the only thing is those when the Hey, I found Waldo. You see that? No, I didn't see that. So behind the Vancouver net, um, uh, behind Demko, there's literally a guy dressed up as Waldo. Well, I'll have to look next time it goes down there. That's pretty funny. Um, uh, but yeah, no, we don't have a true superstar on the team either. Honestly, I mean, like what I mean, can we actually say, can we actually say that we don't have a true superstar? Like, it's just a bunch of young talent mixed with, like, some veterans, like, and they're just, like, gelling together with, with chemistry. I mean, I made a mistake there. That was uh, about Darlene's stats in five goals in three games. That was his career, like, assists against Vancouver, I believe. Um, uh, no, Darlene's got 91 assists and, like, 20-something goals in 200 career games. In 200 career games, yeah. But there was a little stat about him against Vancouver. I made a mistake Oh, there. I didn't see that. I – I made a mistake there, but yeah, no, I mean, they're playing really well. I mean, even the goaltending, 
the goaltending isn't terrible right now. I mean, we're all we're all shitting. I mean, you and I are shitting on Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski, like in terms of like the goaltending before the season started. But Anderson has not looked terrible in these two games, and Tokarski like held his own again. I mean, yeah, it was Arizona, but still, like a win is a win. Like they are like the sample size is small. But I'm here for the wagon. I'm here for it. And the thing is, though, is like when it, it's going to be like football. It's for, for me. Join the bandwagon now. Jump on it now. Know what the fuck you're talking about and enjoy the ride. If you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, shut the fuck up and get the fuck out. All right. I'm not. Yes, sir. Sorry, I didn't know if you kept hearing me clapping. I just want to apologize for you and all the listeners. I don't know if you can hear the clapping, but, um, I have been trying to kill a fly in my room for the past hour and however long we've been recording. So I keep trying to clap to get it. So if you keep hearing clapping throughout this podcast, I am sorry. I have not heard clapping, but um, right. I did I did hear I, – I have not heard clapping, but interesting to nonetheless, though. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, you know, come and join come and join us. Drink the Sabres Kool-Aid. I mean, the more the merrier. Just be – you know, have no expectations for this hockey team. What the fuck are you doing, Craig Anderson? Oh, my God. Well, I, like, like I said, I am behind you. But um, I am not even just sipping the Kool-Aid. I am – I am taking a whole bottle of vodka down as well with it. I am 100% in on this team. Oh, my God. Yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. I I, I really do love it. I mean, hey, you know, I mean, there's 10 minutes left in the game. Like, who knows what will happen? But, like, I think that the Sabres will hold on to win this game. They'll go to three and zero. Um, you know the Kool Aid. The Kool Aid is drinking. They do have the Bruins on Friday though, so that'll be definitely interesting. There. I mean, they're actually going to be facing a, a legitimate Cup contender. Um, so we'll see how that goes there. But I I do believe that like you know this is definitely not how we expected the season to start. But I'm having fun with it. I mean. It's just a known fact right now that the Sabres are the best team in Buffalo right now, and they have a better record than the Bills. Spot my lies. Well, technically, the Bills have more wins. And technically, they do, but the Sabres have no loss, have less losses. Bills have two. Sabres have none as of right now. They could lose to Boston. They could lose to this game. But as we're recording, they have less losses. Yes, that is very true. Sabres are the best team in Buffalo. Just facts. Spend facts on the podcast, but yes, no, I'm enjoying this all the all the way right now. I I may need to actually like take a look at like game tickets like on SeatGeek and StubHub before the winter comes, just you know to go to like one game. But um, uh, no, I mean, I apologize for my outburst. Um, there, I knew we were gonna talk about it eventually because it was in the back of my mind. I'm like, wait, when are we gonna talk about the Sabers? When are we gonna talk about the Sabers? When are we gonna do this? But it's all good. We got the talk in. They're playing really well. Jeff Skinner scored a goal. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin looking like a ball a ball fire. Kyle Akpozo looking like 2013 Kyle Akpozo. Like before he came to the Sabres, like he was, he's looking like the all-star that was on the aisle. Like the all-star. Yeah, I was about to say, I, we got to give him the C right now. Put the C on his jersey. Put the C on his jersey. He's carrying the team on his back, everybody. Kyle Akpozo for MVP. Okay, maybe that's a little bit too far there, but um, uh, that's the Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's the Kool Aid I'm drinking. That, that's the hard Kool Aid. You're drinking the the Kool Aid, like you know, like the Long Island iced tea. You're drinking the Long Island Kool Aid. Yeah, I'm drinking the Long Island Kool Aid. Uh, I went to Barrelli's. What can I say? Um, uh, uh, Sabers but, uh, equal the wagon. Sabers are a wagon. 
Sabres are a wagon. Nobody's, hey, nobody, nobody circles the wagon like the Buffalo. Well, it doesn't sound right. You know, saying the circles, the wagons like the Buffalo Sabres is not the same as saying circles, the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. But you know what? Burrs by, burrs by a million. I mean, burrs by a billion. B-E-R-S-B-Y-A-B-I-L-L-I-O-N. Burrs by a billion. It's fucking happening. Going to the playoffs. Drink the Kool-Aid. Drink it in. Do you have any other final thoughts before we conclude the no, I think I I really touched on everything today. I thought this was going to be a short episode, and, and like we said last night, man, you just love to talk, so it works out perfectly. But uh, no, the Sabers are a wagon. We're going to the playoffs. Buffalo Bills hot take will win the number one team, the AFC. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl, and Liverpool will win on Sunday. Oh my God, you have the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. That's insane. There. Okay, uh, but they're the team to beat in the NFC right now. Probably one of the best teams in football. I will agree with you there. Liverpool will not win on Sunday. United United will win. Um, I will probably be drinking at the beer garden. Nonetheless, um, Sabres are a wagon. Um, also, in terms of baseball, I believe the Dodgers uh, tied it up against the Braves a few minutes ago in the bottom of the eighth. It, um, so the NLCS is going on. The ALCS is going on right now, too. Um, so got both baseball games going on there. I don't care about the ALCS because I hate the Red Sox. Fuck you, and Fuck you, Boston. Um, you know, we, I knew we forgot one thing. Um, that's our weekly call out to Andy Paiska. Um, first off, I know Paiska is probably sad that the Bills lost. He also probably forgot that the Red Sox played last night. So he's probably sad about that. But um, uh, Paiska, fuck you. But we love you nonetheless, but still fuck you. Oh, um, fuck you, Red Sox aren't winning the World Series. And you, they're probably going I don't, to I don't, it, though. I don't even know which football team you support because you support a lot of them, so it's all right. It's all right. We still love you, Paisco. Paisco, we couldn't forget about you on our podcast. Um, we're still waiting for you to come on. Um, He's in the know. woods. He's living like in hey, the woods. The last time he has to come on, he was in the woods and then ditched us. Yeah, well, he's living in the woods right now. Like he literally. A, he's, a, he's a wild man. He he's, like, uh, he's like Bear grills, but yeah, not, he's literally as... like living in the woods, like somewhere like uh, like uh, where that summer camp that he works at in. Like he, I actually talked to him a few weeks ago about it. Like he seems to be doing well, but I, I we do need him to come on the podcast. The only thing is, though, is I feel like if we do bring him on, we will definitely get banned and kicked like out of the podcasting world. So we got to watch our toes there. But um, <laughs> I have no other thoughts there. Um, if you uh, you don't have any thoughts left to say, that concludes another episode of the Lonely Heart Sports Podcast. You can listen to and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter at LHS Podcast 2021. Uh, we are be I am being more active on Twitter. Um, nice. With the polls, with the highlights, um, I do need to post the Dodgers hi- uh, a, a couple highlights from the Dodgers game because I do know that the Dodgers did tie it up. So I'll have those up after we record this, um, after we finish up recording. I know that I'll probably be running a few polls throughout the week as well. Um, but with until then, just keep on keeping on, everybody, and we will see you next week.